0: Well, sometimes the celebrations of Passover and Easter coincide, like this year. But sometimes they can be weeks apart. So what's the story? (laughs) Well, if Yeshua died at Passover, why does the Christian church mark his death and resurrection at a different time? In other words, the question that I want to address very briefly is how did they get separated? Well, the Jewish calendar by which the Jewish feasts are given their dates is very different from the Western calendar. It's not a straightforward lunar calendar, but every time there's a new moon, it indicates a new Jewish month, or Rosh Chodesh, which means the head of the month. And Passover is always right in the middle of the Jewish month of Nisan. Did you notice the full moon last night? And again, it will be tonight. God says this is to be the first month of the year in Exodus 12, verse 2. The Western calendar, on the other hand, does not follow the moon's movements so closely, and so the cycle of the Jewish year is quite different. But more than that, the process of accurately fixing the dates according to the moon is is not a simple one either. Sometimes Jewish holidays are celebrated twice, not in Israel, but celebrated twice in the diaspora where there's a discrepancy about the precise day of the holiday. Just to be on the safe side, they say, we celebrate it two times. Now, in ancient times, the sky would be carefully watched. And then the message of when the holiday was to be observed was sent to Jewish communities far and wide by beacons and messengers and fire. But this was not a foolproof method, with some Samaritan scoundrels lighting fires at the wrong time to deliberately confuse and aggravate the Jewish people. We find this written according to the Talmud, Tractate Rosh Hashanah, uh, in the Mishnah. And so date-setting became a political power struggle within the Jewish diaspora. But then how did the split occur? Well, in the first centuries after Yeshua, the early disciples naturally remembered his death and resurrection every Passover, which, by the way, is when it happened. And rightly so, since the Passover feast was designed from its outset, to foretell the redemptive sacrifice of the Messiah. It's full of symbolism, all pointing to Yeshua and how his death and blood would purchase our freedom, forcing death to pass over us, as it did for the faithful Israelites who painted the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and the lintels of their homes. But as years went by, the Messianic community became more and more Gentile, and Gentile leaders grew weary of liaisoning liaisoning—is that a word?—getting together with and depending upon rabbinic authorities for the right date on which to commemorate this important event. Relations between the rabbinic Jewish community and the Christians had deteriorated significantly by this point, and there was a lot of hostility in both directions. So the church leaders decided at something called the Council of Nicaea in the year 325 A.D., to take matters into their own hands. Now, I'm gonna quote from a letter of the Emperor of Rome to those who were not present at the council. Quote, it was declared to be particularly unworthy for this, the holiest of all festivals, to follow the custom and calculation of the Jews who had soiled their hands with the most fearful of crimes and whose minds were blinded in rejecting their custom we may transmit to our descendants the legitimate mode of celebrating Easter. We ought not, therefore, to have anything in common with the Jews, for the Savior has shown us another way. We desire, dearest brethren, to separate ourselves from the detestable company of the Jews. Dear ones, if these words are not shocking to you, they should be. The Nicene Council decided that they would celebrate a separate festival on the first new moon after the spring equinox, which is always March 21st in the Gregorian calendar, and they would make a deliberate break with the people of Israel. Easter doesn't feature even once in the Bible. The King James Version erroneously translated the words Pascha from the Aramaic for Passover, to Easter in Acts 12:4, but that's the closest we get. The English word Easter comes from Eostre. By the way, she was a goddess associated with spring, and she was co-opted for the name of the new festival to celebrate the death and resurrection of Yeshua, which was decidedly not Passover. And there are implications today. It's heartbreaking that such animosity had developed between the Jewish and Christian communities And it led to a ripping away of Yeshua's followers from the roots of the tree that they had been grafted into. Christians decided to separate themselves, not just from the people of Israel, but also from God's festivals, which were deliberately created to help us appreciate more about God's plan of redemption. Passover, dear ones, was God's initiative, and he devised each detail of it on purpose. We are not judged for not celebrating Passover, but we miss out on many treasures that God placed in his word for us to learn from if we do not. Sadly, the Nicene Council decided on behalf of all Christians from that time onwards that Passover had no relevance for them. Not only were Christians cut off from the roots of their faith and their heritage, God's own feasts, laid out in their own Bible but also the message of Yeshua became more and more obscured and alien to the Jewish people. The church became a foreign, Gentile, no-go zone for the Jews. The two were severed apart, and the evil root of anti-Semitism crept into Christianity. Sadly, for much of church history, Jewish people were persecuted, tortured, and murdered all at the hands of Christians Simply for being Jewish This happened especially at Easter time when angry mobs would rage against those they considered to be quote-unquote Christ killers Most Christians have no idea about the scale to which said this sad statement is true It's not something that's taught in Sunday school or even in church history classes You see there's a real gap of information between the people of Israel and the church and we've been separated so long that we've got a lot of catching up to do. I hope to see a day when Jews and Gentiles are drawn together in Yeshua. And we live in exciting days and the last century has seen some colossal steps forward in healing the terrible rift between Jew and Gentile. As a matter of fact, Some reports say that more Jewish people have come to believe in Yeshua as Messiah in the last 19 years than in the previous 19 centuries combined. And many Gentile believers are now taking more interest in the Jewish foundations of their faith. Many churches hold Passover Seders, explaining more about the feast, and there has been considerably more appreciation of the people of Israel since the Bible became widely translated and published. In the last few centuries. We're destined to become one new man in Messiah, and this is a destiny that God will make absolutely sure that we arrive at. His son, Yeshua, will have only one bride, not two. It's important to remember what Yeshua's death and resurrection actually accomplished and meant. As Paul urges us in his letter to the congregation at Colossus, chapter 2, verses 14 to 17, quote, When you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he pardoned us all our transgressions. He wiped out the handwritten record of debts with the decrees against us, which was hostile to us. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. After disarming the principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. Therefore, Paul continues, do not let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Shabbat. They are all a foreshadowing of things to come, but the reality, the substance, and the body is Messiah. Shabbat Shalom.